For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust. With one click, you and your team can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with personalized suggestions. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free. Whatever you're saving up for, a CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 5.50% APY on an 8-month CD special or 5.00% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Thank you so much for joining into another Fireborn Generations. I'm so excited for today's conversation. We've had some really incredible ones. So if you listen to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky podcast or In God We Trust podcast, heard our conversations between me and Levi, but we've got a special friend of Levi's on today, Luke. He's got some questions as well. We'll be dis- discussing current events, life, and questions about the Bible. So I'm Jared Lasky, and then I'd like Levi to introduce himself, and then Luke can introduce himself. Uh, I'm Levi. Uh, if you guys want to check out more information, you can go to In God We Trust Podcast, and you can also find us on Instagram. And yeah, we do a Bible reading every weekday. So if you want to join, come check it out. Hello, everybody. I'm Luke Clausen. I'm a good family friend of Levi's. I'm 22 years old. I just graduated college. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and have a discussion. Well, congratulations on graduating. I know you probably got some really cool cards for that. All I ever wanted from graduation is some money. Yep. <laughs> That's all any college student or high school student needs. But guys, this is a discussion between the generations. I represent Generation X. Levi and Luke represent Gen Z because, you know, the, the Bible is intergenerational. Generations need to be learning from each other, honoring one another. So I, I honor Gen Z. I honor Gen X. I honor, honor the generations ahead of me, the boomers, uh, uh, the greatest generation. I, I just saw today that one of the greatest generation, the oldest Medal of Honor recipient passed away today. Uh, the oldest, you know, wow, what, what an incredible story that he's got. Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples the Great Commission, promising them the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. With the Holy Spirit as your teacher, Jared Lasky developed a new Bible study journaling system that is sure to equip you in your adventure with God. The Spirit Empowered Journal offers life-changing steps that will enhance your biblical studies. This journal will not only help you know how God spoke in the scripture, but also what he is speaking to you now. This is an incredible approach to Bible study, empowering your spiritual journey. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit and understanding of the scriptures will increase as you use the Spirit-Empowered Journal. Buy your paperback copy on Amazon.com or FirebornMinistries.com. Let's jump in. Let's talk about what is in the news. So what are some questions you guys may have about the news lately is there's been some really incredible things that have come down the pipeline from SCOTUS, from the Supreme Court of the United States. I'll go ahead and start. Sorry, Levi. But um, yeah, I I thought that might be a a big topic today was uh, abortion, Supreme Court ruling. And I think the place I'll start is a lot of the people on, on one side of the issue, their issue isn't with the issue of life. It's with the issue of the government telling these girls what they can or can't do with their body. 
And I guess to phrase that in more of a question is like from a religious point of view, how do you address that side of the abortion discussion? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I understand where people are coming from, but in Christianity, we honor and value life. And what we see is even in the Psalms, it talks about how God formed us and knit us together in our mother's womb. Uh, he knew us before we were even born. Uh, so we need to honor and revere life. And life was created by God in the Garden of Eden. He created Adam and Eve. He gave the dominion mandate to Adam and Eve to be fruitful, to multiply, have an incredible marriage. Really, I'm paraphrasing that, but to have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. But a strategy that we see of the enemy is killing babies. I know we mentioned that on, I think, the first episode of Fireborn Generations, but the enemy doesn't do anything new. Whenever there is what well, we see are patterns in the Bible, whenever there's someone who is coming to be a deliverer like Moses, you know, the enemy knows what's coming and the enemy doesn't like it. So to prevent the birth of Moses, which freed the Israelites from slavery, from captivity in Egypt, the enemy wanted to kill the babies in the womb and up to two years old. And that's what we're seeing right now. For some reason, the dialogue has changed to even infanticide, even in California. A few months ago, they just passed a bill saying that you could kill a baby up to, I think, 28 days old. That is tragic. This is just eugenics repackaged, okay? And eugenics is from an evolutionary thought processing, which doesn't value life when it minimizes humankind, not as the image of God, which in Christianity, we believe we're created in the image of God, but through an evolutionary process of we think we're, we've evolved from animals or from a one cell amoeba, then we don't value life. So honestly, it's the wrong thinking and it's unbiblical. But back to the patterns that we see in the Bible. When Jesus was born, what did the enemy do? He sent the Romans to go kill the babies and the pregnant women. So these are patterns that we see. So Christians need to stand for life. Make a long story short, you know, that's what the Bible shows. I don't think the question, so really that's solid. You know, the scripture is solid. But when it comes to, right now it's all politicized. But in God's honest truth, the SCOTUS, the Supreme Court decision, was just and it's legal as we see Ruth Bader Ginsburg, she'd said that the decision for Roe v. Wade uh, was poorly written, even though that was like 40 or 50 years ago approved, but it is not a constitutional right. If we read the U.S. Constitution the Bill of, with the Bill of Rights uh, and the U.S. Constitution, there is no constitutional right for abortion. And the terminology abortion is really trying to be a politically correct word for murder. It's legal murder. And it's tragic. It's unfortunate. Uh, if there's anybody who's ever had an abortion, you know, um, I, I pray for you. I bless you. People uh, are traumatized from these things. There are better options out there. There are, there are pregnancy centers that help people. There are people willing to adopt. And right now for the church, I think it's the greatest opportunity for us to shine the light and adopt tens of thousands of babies and raise them in the, the word of the Lord. So I hope that answers your question, Luke. That was a great question, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you said it well, how through all the politicizing of this and the messiness of the discussion, it really just comes down to, to the answer is life. And that's how it should be addressed. And that's how it should be treated. Yeah, but also it comes, it's just being sent back to the states. So it's up to the states and it's up to the voters right. to decide.
So if people don't like the decision, we live in the United States of America currently. And if you don't like the decision, then move. You know, uh, it's a free country. So, yeah, Levi. So where do you think um, the pro-lifers should go now? Like this, this is a big event, but we should keep fighting. Well, I think that we should keep fighting for completely no abortion. So where do you think that is the next move for the people? Well, I think the next move is to continue to pray and tell people that life is precious. Show them what the scripture has to say about it and and continue to make a stand. Sure, some people will try to say, well, what about this scenario or that scenario? There is no justification for it. None. We've got the medical, like say if it endangers someone's life. Okay, we have the medical. There, There are babies that are like weeks old, born you know, premature that live, live. Right. And there are incredible stories of people who survived an abortion. I mean, I've got a a story of seeing how an abortion was reversed. Uh, My, my mom had led a young lady to Jesus and I was part of the, the process there. And I, I'd explained to my mom what the Holy spirit showed me in that situation. They were able to go to, cause you, it's not just you walk into a clinic. It's that you actually have a process and you take uh, this chemical, you show up 24 hours later, you know, so it's all, it's a long process or, but it's able to be reversed even. So that young baby that was born was named Grace. That family came to Jesus and that baby was, was named Grace and is a testimony of, of the power of God. So Christians need to continue what they're doing uh, because political forces um, we'll continue to try to find loopholes and, you know, some crazy ideas, you know, just, you know, all that stuff. But Christians need to continue to make a stand and not give up the fight ever, but continue to rally. Luke, do you want to keep asking some questions? Yeah, I'll touch again on the political state of, the, of you know, where we're at right now, since that's kind of what we're in. I think you guys have touched on this before in this conversation you've had, but I think it's important to talk about again. Like, how involved do you think, as Christians, we should be in politics? Like, obviously, there's a lot lot of talk going on. It goes in waves. But right now, with politics and, you know, the recession, that kind of thing, elections coming up. Like, how, how important of a role do you think Christians should play? And how active should they be in that conversation? Yeah, Levi, what do you think, bro? Well, I think that um, it comes to a point where we can't really do much about it. But... I think bottom line, well, I think that I'm a little, uh, yeah, maybe I don't care a whole lot about politics, but I see it as no matter who is in charge, we just need to trust that God put them in place and that he has a bigger plan for us. And that's kind of, that's kind of how I see like uh, the Biden administration. I, I don't agree with a whole lot of things, but Bottom line, I just know that God has a bigger plan. And I always have these thoughts in my mind of what I want to do and what I want, but things just never go that way. So when I think about politics, I think that's the same thing for what I think in my mind. But what do you think about it? As I mentioned before, I think Christians need to be involved in every sphere of society. People need to be obedient to the scripture and to the voice of God. If God calls you to be a lawyer, a journalist, the next president of the United States, the senator, you name it, the school board. If God calls you to it, then get involved. Parents need to be involved of, of on public school boards. The voices need to be heard, not censored. Okay, We live in the United States of America. We have freedom of speech. We have 
more freedoms than most countries that I've been to. I'm an Iraq and Afghanistan veteran and former private military contractor. You know, I've fought for people's rights. I fought for my rights. I've been called by the government to go as a, as a Marine and you know, even as a contractor, right? So Christians need to be involved in all spheres of society, you know, making an influence. Uh, even on the, the front lines, God used me to interpret dreams. You know, that's a spiritual gift that God gives in the scripture. Infantrymen that I worked with would have prophetic dreams. And I saw people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So God, God works anywhere and everywhere. You know, he works all things together for his good, his will, right? That's what the scripture tells us. So Christians need to be involved in every sphere of society as long as it doesn't contradict what the scripture has to say. I mean, they need to be involved in the movie industry, you name it, anywhere and everywhere, and run for office as, as long as we're free. And in my mind, we're going to stay free. Amen. And the best way to do that is continue to pray, but also let your voice be heard, get involved, vote, Make sure that voting is is has got the proper transparency, doing everything correctly, you know, because there's some shady stuff out there in the world, man. There are people that do nefarious things, but I know that ultimately Jesus has already won because of the cross. He's already won. And politics have changed over the years. Politics were different in Jesus' day. In, in Israel, politics have been different for you know, we, we live in the United States of America, but right now people have, they're greedy. And that's just what we see throughout history. But the church has always been there. If there is persecution to come, Christians need to continue to be a voice. We'll see who are the true disciples of Jesus and who are not. You know, those who are not will fall away, but those who are true will, will continue to stand. And even if, you know, we've seen throughout history, Christians surrendering into slavery and preaching the, the, the gospel, sharing their food with people, leading people to Jesus, doing great things despite the darkness. So with all that being said, Christians need to continue to stand for the biblical principles. And that's really what it is, biblical principles, and be involved in all offices of government, in every sphere of society, and live righteously, making the wisest and smartest decisions. That's good. I have a question. This is kind of like completely switching things around, but you talked about dreams a little bit and we have talked about dreams. Could you possibly, so I thought one time I was like, dreams have to be from God because it's like just thoughts in our head, you know? But then I talked to you about how I had this bad dream and how it, it like left me like, you know, I, I didn't like it. So could you explain if we have a dream and we want to know if it's actually like something from God, could you try to cover that a little? Yeah, certainly. It's my pleasure to. God has gifted me in this since I was about 12 or 13, and I've grown in it the more I fellowship with Him and spend time in His Word and, and study the Scripture and fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So we see dreams throughout Scripture. We see Daniel could interpret dreams. And even before people, you know, he interpreted Nebuchadnezzar's dream without Nebuchadnezzar telling him the dream. That's a supernatural, powerful gift of the Holy Spirit to do that, right? To see if a dream is from God, when you wake up, how, what do you feel? And is it coming to your mind constantly, right? Like throughout the course of the day, dreams can fade, right? But if it's truly from God, it makes a lasting impression right here, you know, on your mind. And it, it comes up throughout the course of the day. Honestly, as soon as you wake up, if God is giving you a dream, write it down and then start praying into it and ask him for the interpretation. Write it down in your prayer journal or whatever you, you've got. You know, if you could, 
I write in cursive, okay? <laughs> I know that's a lost art. Some people write on their phones or computers. So write down the dream and you could even draw it out, right? You draw it out. You could make little notes. You could be artistic about it, you know, all that. But what is the, the feeling on you? Is, is there the peace of God that rests on you? If there's confusion, it's not from God. If it disappears real quick, you know, that's just, it's not from God as well. But he could also bring it back to us, right? He could, he could bring the dream back to our mind. And it also comes up a conversation and it keeps coming back to us. And we need to be obedient with it. And God will give us more. Now, when I was, say, 17 years old, I had a dream and it came in two parts. I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but this is one of my wake up calls from being a rebellious teenager. So I had this dream and I was going to a Christian private school because it was a last chance for my twin brother and I. We got in some trouble from public school. We had to you know, move on, did some homeschooling and got jobs. And, and then we went to a private school for our last year, which was our junior year, but we graduated a year early. But in this dream, it was two parts. So the first part is I'm with my brother in a vehicle, in our vehicle, going to school. The second part is like a movie screen popped up. So it's like, I could see two things. So both are transparent. The second part is I'm walking into a school and shooting a couple of people and then getting tackled. Okay. Now, some people might say that's a bad dream, but no, the peace of God was still on me. And I had this urgency in me knowing, no, this is from God. Okay. Like you, there's just this knowing. And so I told uh, teachers and school staff, we're in Christian school, I wasn't raised charismatic or anything at the time, but I was around some of this stuff at first. And so all of it was kind of new to me, you know, people raising their hands and worship and stuff in chapel. That was new to me. People were saying, this is from God, let's pray. And so we prayed against it. You know, we prayed for the peace that surpasses all understanding, prayed into it. Within a month, my twin brother and I going to school on our way to school. And then we pass by, we see like emergency vehicles coming. We see a bunch of kids in front of 7-Eleven in Thurston, in, in the Thurston area of Springfield, Oregon. And out of my mouth, I said, there was a shooting at Thurston High School. That just came out of nowhere. I just knew. And it just spoke out of me. My twin brother looks at me and says, huh. Okay, we make it to our school in Eugene. We find out that, in fact, a student... Kip Kinkle had walked in that day to Thurston High School, shot a couple of students, and was tackled by people. And he, I think to this day, he's still in prison. That woke me up. I know that God calls some people to be watchers for their generation. At that time, God was speaking to me, and I had a real burden for Generation X, my generation. And now I've got a burden for your generation, the, mill the millennials and Gen Z. And God will show things to his friends. I think... Hosea says that in the Bible, that he speaks to his friends, he speaks to his prophets. So he'll speak to some people good things, but also show the plans of the enemy as well. Because the enemy thinks he's smart, but he's not. God knows what's up, but we pray into those, those things as well. We have to test the spirits, right? We have to figure it out. We have to see what's in the scripture. What does scripture say about this? But really, even if it's, say, something significant like that, a local event, county event, a state event, or a national event, and you see, you know, the nefarious plans of the enemy, you did what you were supposed to do and prayed against it. Now, God also shows us other things too. He, you know, say you have a dream and you're in your old house. That might be a metaphorical dream. 
what does your old house represent? Well, maybe something from the past needs to be dealt with. Maybe a lesson learned from the past needs to be applied today. Maybe there's some other things that you see of what's coming, you know? So you just start looking at some of those symbols and you look at the, what the scripture says about those symbols, but also what, how you understand those metaphors and symbols for yourself, right? Like if you dream of a car, maybe that car means ministry. Maybe it's just a cool car that you like. I don't know, right? But you start looking at all those things in there, you know, and like, you know, is Jesus driving the car? Well, that's, you know, that means Jesus is at the wheel. He's in the center of your life. He's got control. And maybe he's taking you places. Maybe your car stopped and you need to figure out why am I stopped? Maybe you've got a relationship issue or, you know, um, a school issue or something like that. But you just start looking at some of that stuff. And God loves to speak to his kids and he'll give you the interpretation and the insight. And sometimes he'll send people who are Christians to give you insight. And you don't even have to bring it up. You don't have to bring it up. Maybe someone else will bring something up. And that's something I've learned. Don't don't press the issue. If someone has a dream, like they will start talking about it. I, I know this, I've gone on a little long, but one more story. Is that cool? You're good. So I was at Youth with a Mission back in October through December of last year at the School of Digital Film. And the staff member was right next to me. And she's talking about this dream that she just had. She's saying it's so vivid. So that's another thing. Is it vivid? Is it clear? If it's black and white, push that uh, black and white dreams aside because that might be from the enemy. But, but if it's vivid and clear and it's made that impression on you and it's deep, then that's from God. Okay. But she's like, I had this vivid dream. And in this dream, I, I'm in a vehicle on a bridge uh, with my ex-boyfriend. And we're driving on this bridge, and next thing you know, the bridge is not fully built. So then we crash, like we fall into the water, and there we are. And then I, I get out of the vehicle, and then it ended. And I was like, I told her, I was like, oh, that's real easy. God uses me to interpret dreams. So she's like, well, what is it? And I said, well, the vehicle is you were with your, who is now your ex-boyfriend, and you thought that you might have a ministry with him, but the relationship ended, but you were protected and saved from it. And it ended, Okay. So she's like, oh, yeah, I did kind of think that we were having a ministry. Guess what happened within two minutes of that conversation? She got a text from her ex-boyfriend apologizing for how their relationship had ended. That was from God. Amen. Wow. That's cool. Have you, do you know that, is it Life Church? Have you seen them on YouTube? The ones with the version Bible app? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening to that guy talk today. And he felt like God was telling him to call this man. And so he called this man and the guy didn't even say hello. And he knew this guy was going through like a tough time. And he just said, why are you calling me right now? And then the pastor said, I felt God telling me to call you and talk with you. Are you planning on taking your life right now? And the man was like, yes, I'm going to do it. And then he was like, don't do it. This is God showing you how much he loves you by him telling me to call you. And it was, it was really cool. And the guy, he ended up not doing it. And then he came to church and they talked it out. And I don't know, he told it way better, but that's a crazy story. And yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, God loves to talk to his kids. He loves to talk to you and me. He loves to show us things. You know, and that's where it begins is prayer in the secret place, spending time with him. And then that's also a great place to practice. And then if God ever, if God impresses someone, like say an old friend comes to your mind 
pray about them. Like you haven't thought of them in weeks or months or even years. Start praying about them and send them a nice note and see what happens. Be like, hey, you know, I really felt impressed. I started thinking about you, not sure why. I'm reaching out to you. I prayed for you. Yeah, you know, that kind of a thing. Oftentimes they'll be like, thank you so much. I was going through a bad time or something like that. You know, pray for them. Call them if you if you're able to. Maybe if it's someone who was, you know, not good in your life, just pray for them. You know, you may not need to open those doors. Just, you know, use some wisdom on that. But the Holy Spirit loves to talk to us. He'll give impressions to us. He'll give senses, feelings even, or, and just be obedient, you know, reach out to them, you know, if that happens and who knows what you'll find out. Yeah. Luke, do you have, are we going to 30 minutes? Yeah. we Yeah. We're a little longer. Depends on what you guys got. Okay. Uh, Luke, you got any more questions? Yeah, I sure do. So I, I have a, one of my best friends is, you know, didn't have, didn't have that strong of a faith growing up. You know, we've never really had conversations about God. And just recently he's really taken a step in his faith and had a, a great relationship with God and has grown a lot in his faith. So when I was coming on here, I just shot him a text and said, you know, do you have any questions like at the point you're at right now in your faith about God? And he sent me a good question. So I'm just going to go ahead and read it word for word. Cool. So he said, God has a plan slash story for everyone, but how do you know you're staying on that path? For example, if I made a bad decision right now, am I off the path that God intended for me? What do you say, Levi? I would say that we all slip up. And this is something that we can see in the Bible from the start to the end. It's just man disobeying God. And this is something that I, when I first started out, it was kind of like him. I didn't, I didn't really see how I was following his plan, but I was just kind of rolling with it. And every single day for like the first, like two or three months, I was like, like, why am I even doing this? Like, I, I just keep disobeying God. And then it, it just clicked. I just realized that we are by nature sinful and unclean. So us disobeying God, I, the only way that we can stay on a path is by asking him to help us stay on that path. And the way to do that is through repentance. And that is how we, if we get closer with God, he will get closer with us. So if you want to stay on that path, just, just repent and stay in the word. And that will bring you closer to God. Keep yeah. I think that's a great answer, Levi. I would also add to that and say, we all have struggles and things that we're working through. And God is working on our character. If we do slip up, repent quickly. Forgive other people quickly. Forgive yourself even. The Bible doesn't say anything about forgiving yourself, but it does say forgive others. And it says to repent, which is not just aligning, like changing your mind and agreeing with what the scripture is saying. It's, it's trying to walk away from that particular thing. And the more time you spend with Jesus and you spend time in his word, just like Levi said, you're on the right path. Okay. But if there are slip ups, the scripture is very clear on things, on a lot of things. And like you say that, you know, that, you know, that, Hey, this is what the scripture says. This thing is wrong. Walk away from it. I think I'd mentioned before, the scripture says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, but God is faithful to provide a way out under it. So there's always a door or a window to exit, to leave. 
we're all responsible for our own actions. I'm not responsible for Levi's. I'm not responsible for Luke's. I'm not responsible for my great grandparents' actions. I'm responsible for my my decisions. And if there's general, you know, say generational stuff, bad habits that we are born with or raised around or whatever, you can still break those things as long as you align with the Word of God. Walk away from those things. Let the Holy Spirit work through you. Because if you're trying to overcome something by yourself, you're going to fail. But if you surrender it and surrender daily to the Holy Spirit, you have already overcome because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And soon, within maybe months, six months, years, you'll be like, oh, wait a second, I'm different. I'm no longer doing that. And you know that you're you're in the center of God's will. Yeah, I think, I think what both you said is a really good answer to that. And I like how, Jared, you, like, I think sometimes people have the misconception of, like, oh, you know, I can I can just keep messing up and live in sin, and right before I die, I'll ask for forgiveness. But it's like, there is, there is you know, the, the, the stake of eternity on the line, and you have a responsibility to make that decision for yourself. So I think that's really good what you we pointed out there. Yeah, because... I mean, if you if it's habitual and it's ongoing and you're not walking away from it, someday we will all stand before Christ and give an account, right, about things that we've done. And for the Christian, for you, for us who have the Holy Spirit in us, Judgment Day is not something to fear, even though God in his justice and his righteousness can be fearful. But if we're in Christ now, then it's actually a reward Okay, it's a reward at the judgment seat. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That's a reward. So Christians should look forward to this. It's the non-Christians who are judged and at the great white throne judgment. That's what the book of Revelation calls it, the great white throne judgment before the face of God. Everybody will give an account, every single one of us. But if we're in Christ, our life is going to be laid bare for everyone to see. But imagine that time. We will celebrate what Jesus did in us. We'll, all of the, us in heaven will celebrate as we all enter in. You know, amen? Amen. All right, let's do uh, one more question. I'd love to see if someone out there, we've got people chatting, pulled up some of those on the different channels. Some, some of the channels I'm unable to see, but you know, I'd love to see if someone out there you know, online has a question that we could, we could try to answer as well. But let's see. Let's just do one more question from this panel with Levi and Luke. This is, this is all, a lot of fun, guys. Luke, you got it? Yeah, sure. So I think uh, speaking back to how you want to bridge generations, I think something with our generation, and this is also just the point in my life where I'm at, you know, you're a young adult, you're starting to experience things on your own. But I think our generation questions a lot of things. You know, there's not the the mindset of this is the way it's always been, so that's how we're going to do it. They question a lot of, you know, things that in speaking onto the faith that have been solidified for a long time so kind of looking back at the old testament i think one of the things i run into a lot with young christians is this is this you're saying this is the same god that these things in the old testament that seem so barbaric to today's mm-hmm. life this is the same god that we have now and i think that's an issue a lot of young christians run into is the quote-unquote differences of the old testament to life today and how you know it's the same god oh yeah that's pretty deep and that's awesome to answer to make a long to make shorten this down a little bit 
Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, as it tells us in the book of Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews said, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And some of the churches that we've walked into or walked out of, they've got, got it painted on their walls, right? But then some people try to say, well, what about the slain of the, this whole tribe? What about these things? Well, you know, in, in the Old Testament, with your question, people try to be like, how does, how does, this, how does this fit? How does this work? Well, the New Testament tells us. Jesus on the cross took all the wrath of God on himself. And now we live under grace. We all have free will, but we live under grace. And the covenant of grace is way better than the previous covenants, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant. God is righteous. God is just. You know, he he did those things in the Old Testament, but there were purpose, there was a purpose behind them. Archaeology can show us, you know, that there were a lot of disease and you know, crazy things like that. But now God's wrath was poured out on Christ. So we won't experience any of those things from the Old Testament. You and I are sons of God, people who are female are daughters of God as long as they have Christ within them. We're under the covenant of grace. God is love. He's still just. So everybody will get, as we mentioned earlier, everyone will give an account when they die. They, they will be sitting, standing before Almighty God the Father, and he will roll out his justice. If they have Christ, he'll see Christ in you. You have the Holy Spirit, he'll see Christ in you. Christ took the punishment for our sins, for our transgressions on the cross. So the moment we give our life to Jesus, we are saved. We are walking out the sanctification. We're walking out the process and we all need stuff to work on. But when we enter into the joy of the Lord, he'll see Jesus within us and there will be no no wrath for us. There will be reward for us who are in Jesus. But so all that stuff still also points to, you know, so there will be wrath, you know, at on the final day, which brings up a good topic about hell. Hell was not created for humans. Hell was created for the devil and his dark angels who disobeyed God. Hell was created and the sole purpose is for the devil and his minions to be there forever. And they're going to try to take down as many people as possible. They're going to try to continue to do what they do. The spiritual powers in place will try to influence powerful people and, you know, for, for the worse, you know, but we have the Holy Spirit in us, but we expand the kingdom of God. So hell, God does not, God is reinforcing people's decision. It's not that he's the one that decides to send people to hell. It's that you chose in this life to not follow him. You chose that as your final destination. That's a scary place to walk in. I think I also blew some people's theology out of, out of that because from the pulpit, it's easy to say, you know, that the God will send you to hell. No, no, no. He's reinforcing your decision that you've already made. If to the day you die, you didn't decide to live for him. So it's your decision. And that goes back to personal accountability and things like that. So I, I know I just blew out some people's stuff, but that's what the Bible shows me. We could dig deeper on another time, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I hope that answers your question, bro. So it's people's decision. Yeah. God, Jesus came to this earth to save all of us, but we still need to choose that. So if anybody out there, I'm, I want to end it with a call to the gospel, if that's cool. You know, if anybody right. out there is watching this or listening into this and you don't have a relationship with Jesus right where you are, ask him to come into your life. 
commit to him as Lord, as King, as Savior, as leader, and as friend. And put your mind and say that you are aligning with what the scripture says, and you're going to walk with the Holy Spirit. So in your own words, start speaking that out. I don't want to lead people in a sinner's prayer. Sure, that's kind of easy to do, but I want you to encounter God for yourself and start talking to him and then ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up in Jesus' name and start talking to him for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is. Encounter Jesus. Tell him that you're sorry for your sins and repent. Align with the, the scripture. Commit to him as Lord, as King, as Savior and start talking to him every single day and plug into a really good church and reach out to myself or to Levi to let us know what God did in you. This is being broadcast on some social media channels in Pakistan. So we bless all those overseas. I saw someone commented from Rwanda, God bless you in Jesus name. We're brothers in Jesus. Maybe some TV channels will pick this up even. So people overseas are watching this. Give your life to Jesus. Ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right, guys, this was a lot of fun. So uh, Levi and Luke, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information? Yeah, you can find him on pretty much any uh, social platform or uh, through Levi even. I'm pretty connected to him. So uh, if you want to reach out, you can just go to In God We Trust podcast. And yeah, feel free anytime. And that's on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Amen. And also reach out to firebornministries.com. You could go to my website. You could fill out. Uh, just scroll down to the bottom. You could fill out uh, some information. We will email you. I personally will check the email and I will email you back. And also always check out Adventures in the Spirit, Jared Lasky podcast and In God We Trust podcast available on all podcast platforms. Guys, this is fun. Fireborn Generations. So I will end the broadcast. So if you, my guests here, Levi and Luke can wait a little bit. We bless everybody in Jesus name. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust and rely on by helping you across all the places where you write the most. With one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply quickly with suggestions based on your context and goals. Accelerate productivity for you and your teams. More than 30 million people rely on Grammarly to help them with their writing today. Applying to new jobs? With Grammarly by your side, you can apply to your dream job with confidence by tailoring your cover letter and revising your resume in seconds. A big presentation coming up? Let Grammarly create a personalized outline to get you organized so you can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation. For your next vacation, it can help you create a whole itinerary. Grammarly is here to assist you at every step of your writing so you can show up with confidence. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast.